our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show, where you listen because you don't want to believe, you listen because you want to know. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in once again. This is episode number 21. Due to popular demand, this is a special edition of the Veritas Show, comprised of two prior segments of Cliff High from the WebBot Project and both of his appearances on The Veritas Show, which deserve one full show. The first segment is available to everyone, and the second segment is available to our members. To subscribe, simply head on to our website, veritasshow.com, and click on the subscribe button. And now, let's proceed with Cliff High. Cliff High and George Ure Two self-described time monks shared dire predictions based on the WebBot technology. Their method captures changes in language patterns within internet discussions. This aggregated data is then processed with software to determine various keywords, which they interpret in a predictive fashion. For the coming months, the two recommend developing self-sufficiency and the ability to live off the grid. The WebBot project, developed in the late 1990s, was created to assist in making stock market predictions. The technology uses a system of spiders to crawl the internet and search for keywords, much like a search engine does. When a keyword is located, the bot program takes a snapshot of the text preceding and following the keyword. The snapshot of text is sent to a central location, where it is then filtered to define meaning. The project's concept is aimed at tapping into the collective unconscious of the universe and its inhabitants. As well, there's an interesting time concept involved and an unusual concept of a tipping point regarding the past, current, and future times. 
In 2001, the BUD operators began to notice that stock market predictions were not the only matters being accurately predicted by the program, and they began to take notice of the coincidence with occurrences and explored it further. One of the first accurate predictions from the BUD program took place in June of 2001. At that time, the program predicted that a life-altering event would take place within the next 60 to 90 days, an occurrence of such proportion that its effect would be felt worldwide. The program based its prediction on its filtered web chatter content, which ultimately represents the collective unconscious of society. Regrettably, the program's prediction proved accurate and the Twin Towers fell on September the 11th, 2001. And this is where it starts to become really interesting. The BUD program also predicts a worldwide calamity taking place in the year 2012. With us tonight, one of the creators of the WebBot project, Cliff Hi. Hello, Cliff. Speaking. Good morning, Mel from The Very Test Show. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. How about yourself? Great. Thank you. Thank you for being with us in uh, such short notice. Cliff, I want to be able to get as much information as possible with the short amount of time that we have. I read a post at a website, which is what prompted me to contact you. The title of that post reads, No More WebBot, Last Report Here. Quote, The WebBot ran its last report. Cliff and George are not running any more reports now. The last reports all over the internet in full, ex full except for some reason. Part 6 of the report is not being published because they say it's too scary. So I really cannot imagine what exactly is in there because what is out is, in my opinion, pretty extreme and scary on its own. Unquote. And this is one that cut my attention even more because she's a very respectable person, comes from Catherine Austin Fitz, who will be with us in just a few days. A number of Cliff's recent reports describe some pretty dire possibilities regarding what could happen this summer and fall in terms of a falling dollar and the economy, as well as ongoing issues with earth changes. And it goes on and on, unquote. So instead of hearing it from a third party, Cliff, I thought I would contact you, the source, directly. For those around the world who may not be familiar, please provide a quick summary of what the WebBot is all about, and then we can talk about the post I just mentioned. The WebBot program is really Alta Reports, which is asymmetric language trend analysis. We do a, a prediction or a forecast of future events based on subtle changes in language as they, uh, these changes manifest across the Internet in usual conversations. We don't get into email. We don't go into chat rooms. We just watch what is occurring on the various fora. As people discuss the rather mundane things of life, they have a tendency to leak out little prescient clues as to what the uh, future will uh, hold for all of us. Sort of makes sense? We go out and gather them up. So it's like an, an aggreg data aggregation? Is that, would that be data a good term? Data aggregation, but not data mining. We don't do word counts or any of that. We have a method of our own devising in which a uh, very complex uh, multidimensional array of emotional values is tied to individual words in, in a lexicon, and our lexicon currently is over 800,000 words in multiple languages. And we have a seed value set of about 250 to 300,000 words that start our reports off. And then our data gathering will go on out and gather perhaps 100, maybe 200 million um, reads, we call them. A read is uh, finding one of our seed value words in conjunction with certain emotional quantifiers, and then it reads 250 uh, bytes, or excuse me, 
2,500 bytes more or less on either side if those bytes are available, and we use those words within that read to associate with the seed value. Again, when did you, sense. absolutely, when did you start, you and your partner, George Ewer, when did you start the project and what motivated you to do this? Well, basically, George and I are not partners. We're associates. Okay. Uh, I produce all of the code and the altar reports and so on. And George Ure has urbansurvival.com. Uh, he has an uh, economics focus. What, he, what our relationship is, um, uh, well, it allows him to post the public information, that information we think needs to get out for the public for um, general uh, benefit and welfare for all of us. Our reports were begun in, I started noodling on the idea in 1993, got it really solid in 94, worked on the code through 95 and 96, started doing my first runs in 97, and then progressed on to where we actually had a subscription service set up in 2001. And as to that report that's been published, it should not have. We don't release our reports for free. We never post the reports in their entirety. I am glad that Part 6 was not posted, but none of the other parts should have been as well. It was a violation of copyright as well as screwing over our process for data gathering. I agree. I agree. But if it hadn't been for that snippet, I would not be here with you uh, telling the world of your existence. A lot of people have emailed me in the last few weeks. Uh, I've, I've been following you for years, by the way. And it seems that in the last few weeks, things are happening. And, and I was amazed to see the October 2008 uh, range through March. We all know what happened back in October when the stock market and the economy really, uh, it was not doing that great last year, but it took a downward spiral. Yeah, the markets were um, uh, in the toilet and swirling around, but that wasn't our issue. What really changed in, uh, in October was the global mass consciousness accepted certain values and their language shifted and their, their understanding of what was going on shifted. The fact that the problem existed for several years before that is neither here nor there, and the problem will continue to exist for years, but all of a sudden the mass of the, the humanity on the planet woke up to the dire straits that we were in on a particular day that we happened to predict, and, and that was kind of cool. What are the highlights of what the WebBot's telling you this year and beyond? Uh, well, um, they had said well, I'll get into some of the other stuff in a minute, but uh, basically what we're facing is a situation in which the summer is going to bring about the acceptance, again, by a large number of people, so it will take a number of months to occur, but the idea of undeniability in terms of Earth changes. They won't be able to just cloak it under global warming anymore or say that we've got a 100-year time frame or a 40-year time frame or anything like that. By the time we reach what we call the end of the summer of hell, which will officially terminate on the uh, autumnal equinox in September, by the time we get there, a large percentage of the populace of the planet will understand just how dire the weather and climate situation truly is. And we really do need to expand our thinking and, and go beyond the idea of merely weather and climate because it now includes things like volcanoes, shifting continents, rising oceans, uh, massive die-off of animals and plants, etc. That that's what for summer. And then it really gets nasty in fall. And then what's coming in the fall? 
Uh, in the fall, we're going to see the death of the dollar as the global reserve currency, which is already underway, of course, but it'll become a uh, gut-level, you-feel-it-in-your-stomach kind of an event over the course of uh, five or ten days, actually ten and a half days, in the late October through November, and it will precipitate a war as the American empire collapses. What does that tell you, in other words, the precipitation of the death of the dollar? What actually causes it? Is it China? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. The dollar died as a result of being born in 1913. Right. All things die given, you know, I mean, uh, there's that old um, Swedish saying that, you know, Father Time weaves the skein of your life the day you're born. No amount of hiding in a hole is going to change it. So, no, it died because in 1913, uh, Woodrow Wilson was coerced into signing over the sovereignty of the United States uh, people, the populace, to a small handful of uh, Zionist-controlled bankers. And their, their dollar, their paper debt, has now run its course and it can't be sustained any longer. In spite of anybody's efforts to the contrary, we'll never go back to what existed before October 7th of 2008. And that, that mechanism, that um, uh, system is in the process of breaking down. And you're talking about, referring to the creature of Jekyll Island, the creation of the Federal Reserve, which I'm going to be discussing with uh, Catherine Austin Fitch. Not a lot of people know that the Federal Reserve is owned by the Queen of England and her buddies. Exactly. And it's no more Federal Reserve, I mean, no, no more federal than not, Federal well, Express. Let's put it this way. The Federal Reserve Bank is not a part of the federal government. It has no reserves, and it's not a bank. It's a criminal cabal. Now, you said it's undeniable that we're going to be facing the fact that... Undeniability can be like a watchword for the rest of the year. Undeniability will come in, and it'll affect you over summer relative to the environment around you, your food supply, your, your air, your water. Uh, the temperature, the oscillations, the winds, the floods, the so on and so on and so on. By the time we get into fall, undeniability will start shading over into the death of the dollar as the global reserve component of that collapses. And that will have severe impacts as the 6% of the population currently living in the United States but consuming over 28% of the global resources suddenly has to try and shift down to consume only 6% of the global resources. And Cliff, we hear Israel now with the new administration of Benjamin Netanyahu. We'll go to war sometime around November 5th or afterwards. <laughs> making overtures that they will be attacking Iran because that's of this. That's quite correct. Because of Obama's standing, they, they really don't like the way Obama is handling it, and apparently they want to take... It has nothing to do with that. Iran is no threat to Israel. Iran's government was said to demand the uh, destruction of Israel, and, and that was only from the Anglo-American press controlled by a handful of individuals who decided that they would translate the president of Iran's speech a particular way to get a particular right. point across. Right, right. They didn't mean they wanted to see the, the Israel... Um, Correct. They just said uh, that the Zionist state, they didn't even refer to it as Israel. They said the Zionist component of that state had no right to exist and was a, a, an evil upon the planet. Not that Israel was. For some reason, I thought this would be taking... taking uh, place sooner than November. But everybody so, does, but it, it, in, our, in our data, it shows that, that certain events start occurring on October 26th, ramp up through November 5th, and after November 5th, things start happening relative to uh, increase in military action and severe problems. And of course, we'll be pulled into that conflict. That's the, uh, well, I mean, we won't be pulled. We'll be directed by the um, uh, uh, masters who tell the United States government what to do. The APAC and their lobbyists, the Queen, the Federal Reserve, those people in whose interest it is to slaughter humans will demand that the 
uh, current uh, slave minion political elite of the United States go along with their plans. And as they did in World War II and World War One and all the wars beforehand, they will do so. And our military will be sorely used and abused by vicious, ugly corporate masters. Do you believe this is done just to revive the economy? No. So what's the reason this that. time? They don't, they don't care about that. The economy is crashing on schedule. Uh, they knew it would crash at a particular period in time. They worked greatly to extend that period of time until now. You have to understand, no paper currency has ever lasted beyond 72 years in modern history. China has had some that went longer than that, but as a rule, paper currencies collapsed 72 years to 85 years in about that range, and ours was due to collapse. It was supposed to collapse, or, or it was its natural lifespan would have had it collapse at the time that Nixon took us off the gold standard or shortly thereafter, but it was propped up until now for their purposes. So just like cars have planned obsolescence, Obviously, this economy is planned on a plan obsolescence basis, if you will. Why do we keep plugging in so much money and, and, and quote-unquote, printing money? Why questions. I don't answer why questions because those go to intent. If you okay. want to ask me how, what, when, where, that I can answer. But I can not, hardly even guess my own intent most often, let alone those of any other person. Okay, let me rephrase that. What is the purpose of the bailouts? What is the purpose of... of Putting so much money into it. Okay, in my estimation, it is a last gasp effort to fund, <clears throat> while there is still uh, value in currency flowing through the system, it's an attempt to marshal resources to what might be called the shadow government, the black ops people, those people that really control things. Bear in mind that the President of the United States has a really good security clearance, but there's 27 layers above him. There's 27 layers of information he's not allowed to know. Those are the people that are taking the money. So in reality, it's only an illusion that we go into the polls November every four years. No, it's, that's perfect reality, but you're voting for Crook A or Crook B. And they right. both are owned by Mob Boss C. Undeniability. Would there ever be undeniability of the extraterrestrial presence on Earth? Yes. When do you see that happening? It, again, it's a large mass of people involved. So if you're talking the whole planet, it'll take maybe a year and a half or two years from the initial big surge that will occur later in this year and early in 2010. But that was when the process will begin. Is is by March of 2010, you'll be you will be able to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, he was right." In the last three months, the following things have occurred. You know, Cliff. For the first time, we've seen CNN really focus on. Dr. Eric Mitchell, Stephen Bassett, and other people who talk about disclosure for an hour or more. They feature all of them last yeah, Monday hmm, about the I X conference. Why. I exactly. Why. T tell us what you think about that. I, it's on. It's on plan. It's tracked. There's certain um, hurdles that exist within the powers that be in terms of their mental appraisal of human beings, and in order to overcome those hurdles and to shepherd and guide, if you will, it's a very polite word, uh, the human consciousness to certain conclusions, they need to have certain things appear at certain times. Unfortunately for them, events are starting to spiral out of control, and we're about to hit a, a very large increase in that spiraling that will test their ability. And according to our data, sometime over the course of summer, one of their three main arms of control 
will disappear. Now, bear in mind, just because the currency and the dollar crashes doesn't mean that the powers that be lose control. In fact, it allows them to consolidate and tighten up on certain things, while their minion classes, the political elites of the world, go thrashing around with budgets and so on. The power elite are, in, in effect, actually consolidating. So they're going to be very upset when one of their three mechanisms for control of the population sort of departs over the course of the summer and into perhaps December. Well, Bukel, that, that means that if we become weaker, they become stronger. Um, well, I wouldn't want to phrase it that way, okay? Because it's a little, it's a much more, there's much more complexity involved in the relationship than is inherent um, in that statement. So, but to a certain extent, you're correct. But let's look at it in terms of energy. If, if we, have, we as the populace had a certain amount of energy and we started directing it to certain things and they were able to feed off that energy, then we would be reduced by the amount of energy that was taken away. But it doesn't leave us necessarily in a weakened state because the minute we stop directing energy that way, they become weak. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I've been getting a lot of emails from people who keep seeing all these trained uh, tracks full of wagons, FEMA. Do you see that too? No. The powers that be are certainly in a in a situation where they will have their minion class, the uh, political elite, and that the political elite will follow their orders and have their minion class, the military, attempt to control the populace. And the powers that be will use the press as well as other uh, paramilitary influences like um, police forces and so on to attempt to control. But the idea of a mass herding of people into death camps or trains or giant coffins or any of this sort of thing is unrealistic in the grander scheme of things, although we must note that it does not uh, remove the effectiveness of that idea once that idea has been unleashed by the powers that be. So in other words, the mere fact that you repeat that and dwell on that and concentrate on this, and you see people refer to things like the, the white trains full of chains and everybody going to guillotines and stuff, that is a participation that is going on in your mind with the powers that be at that point, and you are the loser in that, in that relationship. And that's but would, wouldn't it be a fair assessment to say that the webbot would capture because obviously a lot of people are speculating about the FEMA camps and all that kind of stuff. Right. Now, Wouldn't the, camp, be a the camps exist. Let's, let's be quite clear. You can go out and check okay. things on in um, the United States uh, national registers on laws, etc., uh, administrative policies, and there are indeed laws, and they, they don't make laws unless they intend to use them, that allow them to turn military bases into basically internment camps and so on. However, let's be realistic. There's 300-plus million people in this country, and as the Chinese know, going into any place, Tibet or anywhere else, in order to garrison and control that populace with a military presence, you must have at least 20% of that populace involved in the garrisoning itself. So we'd be looking at hundreds of millions of people that would not be involved in the process, and a very few that would. It's not possible to garrison a country this size. As the British found with India, once the mindset of the Hindu populace was changed, the people of the Hind, India, Kashmir, etc., and, and Pakistan, simply stopped cooperating and the British were forced to leave. And that's what's going on. It's a mental game, not a physical one. As long as they keep you believing in FEMA camps, they never need to activate one. 
is just to bring fear and anxiety to the populace. And to control your mind by controlling exactly. your mind, the perception that you have of the physical world. I am a sovereign individual. I don't bow to anyone other than those people that are on the path of enlightenment. I'll bow to the, to the uh, dirtiest, filthiest um, um, uh, sadhu in India, but I won't bow to the Queen of England. And that strength scares them. And all it is is a mindset. Cliff, let's talk for a moment about the south of the equator. Did you ever hear in 2006 how Bush... Uh, sure, sure. Bush the Jr. underground site in, in the Altiplano, Paraguay. I followed a lot of the, the past purchases by the powers of uh, that be in Costa Rica, Paraguay, Uruguay, Bolivia. A number of areas have been invaded, if you will. Well, I didn't know about the underground part, but I know it's Paraguay where he bought the 100,000 acres through his daughter Jenna. It's 100,000 acres that are located in one of the largest aquifers in the world. Correct. And at a specific height. Exactly. Correlation between what people are saying. A lot of people are moving down to the south of the equator. Yes. What's coming? There's a, there's a very good reason for that. The powers that be are afraid of something. That fear has been manifest since the late 90s, for sure, maybe even earlier. What they fear includes a potential solar scrubbing of the northern hemisphere. And right. it also includes the potential for a crustal shift, independent of the magnetic shift, which would be bad enough. They expect that some of these things will manifest before 2012, and they think that these places might be safe. 2012. There's so much talk about 2012. Many people f say it's going to be just another Y2K. But why would the, 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 the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incas... Well, say no, no, that it was no, significant. No, I'm sorry. Let's let's forget about any of the old uh, ancient dusty guys. Let's just ask okay. ourselves why would they rush through and complete the largest multi-country uh, collective operation in less than a year? And by that I mean the seed vault. Why is it built where it is? Why is it constructed the way that it is? Everything points to the idea that these people know something is coming. It is really horrific, and it doesn't matter if it happens to coincide with the Mayan calendar. You're referring to the, Nor the, the Norway, the seed fault in Norway. Correct. Which was funded not by the country of Norway, but, but by a giant planetary collective. How long does it take the whole human race, of all the governments really anyway, to get together and do something usually? Decades, decades. Right. You know, and if they want it done, though, obviously they can do it in less than a year. So obviously if they wanted peace in Palestine, that could be done overnight. If they wanted to end the, any war, they would do so. Because look at how quickly they were able to mobilize and build this huge effort on this doomsday scale. Have you followed the Norwegian politician? Yes. That's talking? Okay. Very good. Uh, somebody forwarded his name to me so I could get in touch with him. So you believe that what he's saying is accurate? He believes it. There's no question. He believes it. And he's using, he's using linguistics that tend to make me think that there is certainly some level of credence to be given to him. Now, someone also told me during the last, uh, one of the last closed-door congressional meetings, that after that meeting, a lot of the congresswomen, congressmen were coming out, looking down, depressed, and apparently what was told to them was not to repeat, because if they were told, they would not be taken care of, meaning they would not be taken care of to underground facilities when, you know, hits the fan. 
Sure, I, I understand. That makes a lot of sense, especially given the huge amount of uh, underground investment in Australia, which they believe to be a survival island. So what was told to our government representatives? Basically, I believe that the, or it's my understanding, I don't believe, but I think the, that the evidence supports the idea that they were told about the economic collapse, the impact on the global food supplies that will force massive revolution on a planetary scale, and then all of that will be followed by a series of events that will include uh, release of contact information, the undeniability relative to space aliens, etc., and then we'll be hit by the issues uh, of release of what is causing us the problem right now relative to our climate, and that the release issues will start occurring in early 2012 and will continue through to about 2017 and may indeed include a crustal shift. And the crustal shifts usually in the past have not exceeded 30 degrees in shifting of the continents, etc. But there's vast evidence of some continents just deciding to go whoop and sink to the bottom of the ocean that quick, while others decide to rise up, and that we don't know what's going where, and it's all a giant crapshoot. Isn't this the culmination of what they really want to unite the world into one world government, Cliff? Sure, that's what they want, but basically they have it now. And in fact, I dispute that. I dispute the idea that anybody ever wanted to have a president of the planet and a global planetary uh, parliament that they controlled. Because in fact, you don't control that way. All you do is set yourself up for the ultimate failure. Note that everything goes in cycles. So a lucky man becomes unlucky if he continues doing the gambling activity long enough. Uh, good right. things always go bad, etc. So if you're at the top in the pinnacle and you have your ultimate new world order and you're controlling everything through one titular um, organization, you're actually worse off than they are now because there's only one place for that one organization to go and that's simply to cease to exist. Now, bear in mind, they don't need one currency, one global currency or one global government. They own them all. So basically it exists, but they've got the populace of the planet confused and deluded into thinking that voting matters and that my government is different and from your government and, in fact, that the wars are not co-opted and planned long before they break out. And as long as they're Cliff, killing us and keeping us shooting at each other for their purposes, we lose. I call this a, a world of duality. In order for you to have good, you have to have bad. You have to have peace if you have war, etc., right? Correct. One must accept the hard harshness within themselves in order to find anything beyond that. Cliff, the depression, the Fed, the wars, 911. Need not exist. All that's yeah. exactly. That seems to be all engineered. So what you're saying, and let's call extraterrestrial disclosure, would that also be engineered? And reality, it's a, a stage, maybe a false flag event. What do you say? That, that in, uh, need not be um, mutually exclusive. In other words, yes, it could be engineered and could be quite factual and not false in all. Now, how would we differentiate if so they had technology? It does not matter. If you postulate that the powers that be are not their own masters, that there's something beyond the 27 layers of, of uh, classified security above the president, and there's something beyond that person, maybe that ultimately that beyond leads to something that is not necessarily native to Earth. And so it's quite possible that they've decided that they'll release the information in this particular way. And it need not matter to us whether it is false or not. We simply have to decide what's our attitude about it and how we will react. And if they're trying to use it to generate fear, then I'm going to be unfearful. In your research, in your research through the years, 
Who do you think really controls this planet? That's nothing we should really discuss. I mean, but basically you get to the point where you can follow the names and you start following the names and their interrelationship and you arrive with an idea that there's about 13 families or groups, small collectives that control everything. Right. So you don't think there's a power higher than those 13 families behind them? Uh, there's evidence for that, but it starts getting real sketchy, and so it's nothing conclusive at this stage. I know they can get that far, and until we can actually sit down with the members of those 13 families and introduce them to a discussion that involves the use of a stick, um, we won't find out. Cliff, on this show, we can handle the truth. Can you share with us some of what's in Part six? If we go... Okay, let, let's put it this way. Let's look at the idea that there's three po uh, that we have three layers of possibility, and then I'll discuss specifics. Okay, the three possibilities are that I'm a nut job and everything I'm saying is not meaningful. That's that's number one. The second possibility is that I'm a nut job and it doesn't matter, and in fact, what I say will occur. And then there's the third possibility. Now, the third possibility comes into how we get our data. So let's say that I'm suggesting that all hell breaks loose in war after November 5th of this year, and that we're seeing it in the linguistics that are going to show up at that point. Well, each of these three possibilities could describe that linguistics. In other words, I could be wrong, and everybody on the planet is laughing at me on, on uh, November 5th. Ha, 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 he was wrong. And they use the same words that we would see, talking about the war that I'd predicted that didn't exist, et cetera, et cetera, right? So those linguistics would show up, and, and we become, in that essence, a self-fulfilling prophecy, in that the linguistics show up simply because we missed the, the prediction. Or the second possibility exists, and that is that we say that there's going to be a war, and a nasty war actually breaks out in which the United States, basically the Anglo-American empire fueled by the Federal Reserve, kind of stretches itself so thin that it, the fabric that holds it together dissolves, and it does so catastrophically for pretty much everybody on the planet. And uh, so, therefore, I would be right, because just before things get really bad, there would be some linguistics showing up on the Internet and through newspapers that describe the war and the effects and the words that we've said will appear. Does this make sense so far? Yes, it okay. does. It, then, it, then there's it, a third, okay, there's a third possibility. Okay. The third possibility is the very intriguing one, because I don't know if it actually exists or not. But say that I'm correct and that the linguistics will appear between November 5th and uh, the end of December relative to this war and this tension and international crises and so on. Maybe that set of linguistics shows up not because I was wrong and not because we have a war, but because we all decide between now and then that we're not going to allow it. And we discuss the hell out of it to the point that the powers be realize that they're just, you know, uh, five short minutes from a quick um, introduction to a pitchfork and a, and a bonfire. And then they decide, ooh, we can't do that. Everybody's wising up. And then we get to the same state in November, and instead of having giant headlines that say war and defeat of the Anglo-American Empire, etc., it says, hey, we all won. We averted a war globally. Now let's get on and do some real work. So all three possibilities exist. It's not up to me to determine which one will occur. Cliff, don't the powers that be take advantage of the impressionable people? Uh, for example, November the 8th, you're saying that we may be going to war. Isn't that a possibility right. that people may say, wait a minute, that is the battle of Armageddon, just like the Bible says. So don't they create prophecies? Sure, sure. And I'm quite, sure, I'm quite sure that the um, prophecies that are included in the Judeo-Islamic Christian tradition were engineered specifically for this time, done by, by beings that knew what they were doing relative to time. Bear in mind that I've been making predictions professionally for 
number of years now, and I have a certain level of skill in it, and I do a lot of research about those things that I'm involved in. And so I've come across all different kinds of people that used to do things relative to time in, in the past. And I'm quite convinced, for instance, that you know the Bible is no more divine than uh, yesterday's newspaper out of San Francisco. Uh, that in fact it was engineered for specific purposes, and that the Judeo-Christian Islamic tradition has a specific reason for existence at this time, and thus we're into a set of circumstances where the prophecies that they put into that place way back when are happening. But it's kind of like my self-fulfilling prophecies in that sense. If you know what's going to occur, it isn't prophecy very much. It's just you know noting down a few of the linguistics and describing the situation. Did you see September the 11th happen Sure, back then? Sure. We actually posted about it in 85 or 90 days before it occurred. But you could not pinpoint exactly what was going to happen. You just showed an event, right? That was an interesting situation. I have a lexicon, okay? This lexicon is basically a giant word list. And I had just started off in the A's and was working my way down to the Z's in English and had yet Mm -hmm. to get to T where terrorism was involved. Therefore, I didn't Ah. get the terrorism word. And by shortly thereafter, I had terrorism worked into my model, and sure enough, we started picking it up. It was just a matter of timing. But we got military accident, money center being attacked, the tipping point, the planet changes, life never the same, et cetera, et cetera. So December 21st, 2012, what is the web bot telling you? Uh, that that date is rather uh, immaterial at one level and quite significant at another. It was actually engineered in the Gregorian calendar that the Mayan Codex uh, which is to say the Mesoamerican uh, long count, the um, Aztec, etc., uh, would end at 11, 11 a.m. on that particular date, and they did so by screwing around with the difference between the Julian and the Gregorian calendar. So the powers mm-hmm. that be wanted that particular combination of numbers to match the end of the lo- Mayan long count. Did I, did I say that correctly so that you understand? They went to some mathematical trouble to make it come out to that date and that time, 11, 11 a.m., so they have specific um, expectations. I don't have those expectations because there's a lot of trouble from my viewpoint, not being part of the powers that be, but rather just being yet another human crawling around on the, on the planet Earth. We're going to have a whole lot more trouble than, uh, that, that will prevent us from really caring about that date. So by the time you reach March of 2012, you won't care much about December. You'll be that much sounds, too occupied, uh, much too preoccupied with what's going on right that instant. That sounds very cryptic, but I, I, th- I, see, I see what you're saying. Is there any language of what would happen December of 2012? The description that we get seems to imply the following idea. Okay, The idea is that 2012 represents a midpoint, an exact center of alignment between our solar system and the middle of a magnetic band that encircles the Milky Way galaxy and that that's the point of maximum squeeze. And that's the kind of language we get. Now, the squeeze has been bad as we go in. Sort of think about it as our entire solar system is going into a giant magnetic version of a pressure cooker. And once you're in the pressure cooker, you seal the lid on with the water in there, and then you slowly add the heat, and it gradually builds up the steam. And then once you've got a little bit of steam coming out, you put the little cap on, and that weight allows pressure to build up inside that vessel. And that's kind of what's happening to our solar system. Everything is being squeezed. The sun's being squeezed. All the planets are being squeezed. And we see those visible effects everywhere. Anything on all those planets, including ourselves, is being squeezed. And we feel the effects. Not being able to sleep, irritability, muscle aches, all of these kind of things that are coming not from internal 
things, but rather from this giant magnetic effect that's coming on us. And we're seeing it in the uh, impact on animals and plants, especially the sea life and birds. They're dying in mass simply because they're super magnetic sensitive in the way that we dolts are not. In any event, the real problem is when the squeeze lets up, when we cross that midpoint and we go for in the next 10 years from 2012 on, for 10 years, we're, we're leaving the pressure cooker and gradually having the squeeze lifted off of us, and things start popping back. Now, the problem with all cycles, as we know, if you go too extreme one way, you go too extreme the other in order to balance out. So you're saying it's a release type of language, like a rubber band releasing? Uh, no, it's much more like the pressure coming off of a, of a pressure cooker, and even though it's going to come off slow stuff inside that pressure cooker is going to feel the effects. So right at the moment, as right. the squeeze comes onto the Earth, we're seeing more and more magma activity because it's magnetically sensitive. And the Earth is being squeezed, and the magma reacts as the continents are actually squeezed closer to the middle of the, of the Earth. It need only be uh, minute amounts on a, on a planetary scale to cause these effects. But in the end, we'll have it release, and, in, and all of a sudden, everything will be allowed to start shifting back the way it was. And we expect that there will be rather violent outbursts, both on, well, on all the planets and the sun. And before I let you go, one last question. You're saying it's going to be a hot summer. I'm not a weatherman, no, no, but no, I, I know. Oscillation. That's not the issue. It's okay. not heat. We're saying summer of hell and undeniability okay. because you may find yourself two days with exceptionally really hot temperatures, and then all of a sudden a 20 or 30 degree temperature drop, and the nighttime temperatures might go from a seasonal 60 down to 30 that kind of a deal. And then two days later, it's back up again. So it's a summer of hell, and we will have heat, but it'll be, it's not going to be ubiquitous. Not everybody's going to be baking. But with those places that are going to bake, it'll be both unusual and very extreme. I was thinking of more of natural disasters, hurricanes, the Katrina-like, presidential directive. Yeah, giant mudslides, uh, huge amounts of uh, rain that are just going to be unimaginable for people to uh, try and comprehend because of when and where they're happening. And it's just going to be too numerous to get into. Yeah, we're going to have hurricanes, but they're just going to be a side event, really. The winds are going to be a real problem, especially in conjunction with the drought areas, because we're going to get into a fire season like nobody's ever seen before. Na national emergencies, and it could be anything that could activate Presidential Directive 51. I'm sure you're aware yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm aware of it. I don't think it's meaningful. You don't think it's meaningful? You don't think it's going to be activated anytime soon? No, no, I don't think it matters so? if it's activated, because tell me what's, uh, what 51 does that is not currently already being done. Well, you know, they can take over local, they can take over territories, they can, they can basically. Do it now. They can do it now. Eminent domain exists in the, in the forms that they've got now. You wouldn't even necessarily know about it because they're controlling the press and they just do it. So, it's again, it's a fear tactic. It's a... Um, uh, as long as they keep your mind worrying about the minutiae, you're trapped into a specific kind of thinking that we here call monkey mind. And monkey mind keeps you going around in circles where all this chattering is going on constantly and it works towards emotions and it drives up the emotional fear and so on. Everyone needs to step out of monkey mind, get a real good look at what's going on, settle into their center, which is a meditation term, and then get righteous with the planet, refuse to cooperate with the idiots, and get prepared, because this stuff's going to happen. And bear in mind, there is a possibility that they all retreat to their deep underground bunkers, and we survive. And if enough of us survive, it's up to us to decide to let them out. <laughs> That's interesting. Just one last thing. I'm remembering how after Pearl Harbor, the Japanese actually wanted to invade the United States, but a general who had lived and studied in the United States told Emperor Hirohito, 
that it was not a good idea because most of the U.S. population was armed. So that prevented the Japanese from invading. Do you see gun control take uh, a different phase and, and, and get worse? Um, they've pretty much reached the maximum of what they're going to be able to achieve with gun control. It's too late. They're, you know, they can rant and rave and pass laws all they want, but it doesn't change people's behavior. All it does is legislate things. Bear in mind, government has no power other than to create laws, which are a collection of words on paper. It does not necessarily mean your behavior has to change. So at the moment, this is the maximum that they'll be able to achieve. That is to say, the restrictions that are causing the ammunition shortages and putting the pressures on guns and so on. But, right. but correct. If you tried to invade the United States and you decided you were going to come in through Alaska and you just jumped over Canada, you could do a giant leap and you hit Bellingham, Washington. By the time you got down to Olympia, Washington, I don't care how many people you've got, uh, you'd probably be outgunned two to one. Exactly. Cliff, mention your website so people can see the latest. Uh, it's halfpasthuman.com. Really, you need to go and check out urbansurvival.com, which is George Ure's site. That's where we post public stuff. But again, we were burned by the people that posted our material without uh, our consent, and it caused us great harm, and it has shut down our ability to do work in the future because of our engines, and we're taking the summer off anyway to deal with personal problems, so we may not be back. Well, Cliff, thank you so much for your last-minute appearance. You and George are doing a great job. Let's keep in touch. Okay. Anytime, sir. And that was Cliff High from the WebBot Project. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to talk more with Cliff High in our members section. Head on over to our website, veritasshow.com. Click on subscribe and join us in the members area to tune in to the second part of this great show. We'll take a short break, listen to some music, and we'll be right back with more. 